Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order! 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 Yes, here he is, the judge, uh, Greg McCallum. Thanks for joining us, mate, as uh, as you normally do, at least once once a week. How are you doing? I'm going really well. Very excited about um, last weekend. There was plenty of uh, talking points out of it. I'm looking forward to... You know, the next seven weeks, it'll yeah, take we, us through to the grand final. Yeah, we're seeing a bit of a spike, though, aren't we, Greg, uh, in terms of foul play, um, the weekend just gone, the weekend before that earlier. I see Graham Annesley today has, has sort of hit back at, at those criticising uh, the match officials after the weekend. There were a few, and we'll talk about them, there were a few key decisions that um, did have a pretty big impact on the outcome of games. I might even just play uh, what uh, what we heard from Annesley today first, and, and then I'll come to you. In the administration, we have to turn the cheek on some of this criticism and just uh, accept it and move on, and we largely do that. We come to these briefings and we put our hands up when we get things wrong. Uh, but I have to say that some of the level of criticism that's been coming about match officials after games, I think is over the top. Uh, and I think it's unjustified. After games, we're hearing criticism about, you know, one or two officiating decisions that might be arguable. And when they get them wrong, we'll say they're wrong. But it's kind of overwhelming the post-match commentary about what's happening in games. You know, we're not hearing anything about the 20 handling errors on average per game. We're not hearing anything about the 60 missed tackles on average per game. We're not hearing anything about the 30 ineffective tackles on average per game. We're not hearing anything about that. And each one of those incidents, I would say to you, has a far greater impact on the outcome of the game than one or two refereeing decisions that might be arguable about whether they were right or they're wrong. Well, former top referee Greg McCallum and uh, former head of the, the match review. Uh, well, there he is, uh, Graham, and he seems a little hot under the collar. Yeah, look, he's been been under a, a fair bit of pressure um, most of the year, really, because of the, the change of interpretations. But, you know, what he said's right in terms of um, the criticism of referees. It always comes harder at this stage of the year. Uh, the, the criticism comes hard at the referees. The referees will be pretty pleased with his comments there, I think, standing up for them um, in the decision-making thing. Because I don't think really in the last month or so that there's been too many decisions that have really um, affected the result of the game. You know, there's been more issues on um, the intervention of the bunker and, and judiciary issues, I think, that have been a bigger issue than the refereeing. I'll talk about uh, some judicial issues in a moment in terms of suspensions for a few players over the weekend, and we saw a couple of really nasty incidents. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, just just some, of, some of the incidents from the weekend that maybe had a, a few people scratching their head. Uh, let's start with that Roosters victory, a last-minute win over the Broncos, um, a flegler high tackle on Satili Tupanua. Um, it wouldn't have bruised a, a grape, but I guess at the end of the day... It was high, huh? 
Yeah, when it comes down to the bunker making the decision on it, you can't really uh, use any anything else other than black and white on that, you know, and it did make contact. I don't think it had any impact on the player other than it knocked the ball out of his hands, you know. I don't really think it affected the player uh, at all. Um, you know, and it was a tough call, but as I said, you know, once the bunker gets involved, you can only go on the evidence that's there, and there was some contact with the head, even though, as you say, it wouldn't have bruised the grape. Mm. Victor Radley, same match, and we'll talk about the length of suspensions in a moment, because I think that's a separate discussion, but just... Um, the act of what he did, tried to smother a, a ball, a potential match-winning drop goal from, from a Broncos player, um, you know, and I'm sure his coach loved him for trying to do it. Now, in my opinion, he, he certainly wasn't attacking the legs of a kicking player, a player kicking a ball. He was he was going for the steed mm. and clearly going to put his hands out to deflect the ball, but he, he came in contact with the kicker's legs and, um, and he now finds himself again on the sidelines. Yeah, I think unfortunately, Chris, he was a victim of his energy and uh, and speed in which he executed the charge down because that's what he did. He executed the charge down. Um, but the speed in which he launched himself at brought him into contact with the legs. And, and again, if you're analysing it on video, it's very hard to overlook the fact that he did make contact uh, with the legs. But but I would argue in this case um, that he, he didn't attack the legs. I think quite I agree. clearly... The contact that he made um, has been interpreted as being dangerous, but I thought he executed the charge down, and um, you know, he's probably a little bit unfortunate, a little bit unlucky to uh, to be in this position. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. I'm, I'm glad you agree with me there. He, he he wasn't attacking the legs; he was attacking the ball. Yeah. Um, just still on Radley now. Uh, you will know, and I know that he's serving a three-match ban again because he's got a, um, a long history of priors. And people will say that maybe don't know how it all works. They would have seen what Ryan Madison did to Brad Parker, knocked him into next week. They would have seen what Corey Hurrowita-Nida did to Jerome Hughes. He knocked him into the same week. Um, and then they see what Victor Radley did, and they see that all three of them are each serving the same suspension. Yeah, look, I think out of the three incidents, he's just the least that I'd be concerned about in terms of, uh, of dangerous contact. His problem is that most of his charges are dangerous contact, and that uh, brings about the 50% loading. You know, Each charge that is of similar um, or the same um, um, causes a 50% loading to be put onto the charge. So the dangerous contact on this occasion um, certainly carried uh, a fair percentage of loading, and that took him up over the three matches. And, you know, he's a big loss for the for the Roosters, um, as the other two players are, of course. But um, in particular, with Angus Crichton out, um, they've got you know, two of their hardest-working forwards on the sideline. Do you think that the, the system needs any changing or tinkering, or you, you're quite um, happy with how look, it is? No, I think it's OK. I think we've just got to be careful that we try and keep uh, the emotion of who the player is out of it. Um, we've discussed a number of occasions where some players, we, we spoke about Hetherington from the Bulldogs. Yep. Um, but again, the argument against that is that these players keep putting themselves in the spotlight. And I suppose that's um, the hard part to argue. And, and he threw himself at the player and um, ended up putting himself under the pressure of making contact um, for what was... Uh, you know, as I said, a charge down that, um, that probably was well executed, but um, 
didn't turn out too well. I do like, and I want to commend the officials and the, and the bunker and, and the match review. I think they have found that middle ground. It took them a while to find it um, when they introduced these um, new high-tackle protocols. I think they've found mm. it. We all agree that Ryan Madison and Corey Harawita-Nida both, you know, both deserve to be sent off. No one's arguing that. So I think they've, they've got it right now, and they know where where they're going. One other incident, mate. Uh, the Sharks lost to the Knights. Um there was a late penalty for, for Bradman Best driving him back in goal after the ref had already called held. I mean, mm. he wasn't held, though, Bradman Best. He was still trying to attack, wasn't he? He was, and, and it's one of those ones where, you know, nine out of ten times the referee will just blow the whistle and order the player to play the ball. You know, it's just one of those ones where, you know, he probably felt that um, he'd made the decision and Bradman Best was was going to um, you know, be the beneficiary of it. So that's just one of those things that happens. Okay. And Bulldogs coach Trent Barrett, he's, he's blowing up again, my old mate Trent, um, about a disallowed try. Uh, earlier in the play, there was a, there was a high shot on uh, Warriors back. I think it was Edward Cosey. Uh, but it was after he'd already dropped the ball. Um, I think it was the right decision. Do you? Yeah, look, I think foul play uh, has always overruled minor... Um, infringements. The minor infringement is dropping the ball. The foul play, of course, was the contact, uh, which was a fairly significant hit too. It was a, a solid hit. And, um, you know, I, I don't think you could argue with the try being taken off. Um, I took one off uh, Balmain one day at Brookvale Oval and I can still hear the crowd in the <laughs> going on about it. Uh, Steve yeah. Roach, um, um, Phil Daly in the back play and that was... Uh, Oh, that was it, and I had to take the try. Oh, Gary Freeman, it was, and he's still chirping on about it as well. Oh, just, yeah. just, just going back to the judiciary, if yeah. I can just make a point. Mm. One of the the big benefits of this system that we have is that the decision making becomes predictable and consistent. And I think what you said there is right. In on both occasions with the two players that were dismissed, everybody expected them to be set off. Yeah. And I think in past years that wouldn't have been the case. But at the moment, the referees, I think, are on song about it. And both players deservedly were sent from the field. I think it's the first time we're all on song. So with the referees and, and us, the media, and, and us, the supporters, the fans, we're starting to understand what you know, what punishment fits what type of crime. Finally, mate, because I know you, you've got to get going, uh, the Nathan Cleary no-shoulder charge. Um, your thoughts on that one? Because I know I know Anthony Griffin was a, was a bit critical about it. And we, I might listen to Anthony a bit later on, but your initial thoughts? Oh, look, I, I'm happy that yeah. there's no charge there. I, I think going back to 2012, that sort of shoulder charge was not what it was about. It was about those that we saw the two players dismissed from uh, attacking. Clearly he wasn't attacking, he was defending his injured shoulder. So I don't really think that deserved anything other than... Uh, Probably uh, a little bit of luck that Penrith got in terms of the ball bouncing out of um, Bert's arms. So that's that's all that came out of that one. Yeah. All right, mate. As always, Greg, always good to get you on. And uh, if anyone doesn't know, Greg is a, uh, a marriage celebrant. And if you are planning on um, uh, tying the knot, you want Greg to do the honours for you, just uh, Google Greg McCallum marriage celebrant. I, I guess it's pretty quiet on that front at the moment, Greg. It is. Mate, I'll be ready to go, though, once the <laughs> restrictions are lifted. <laughs> and so will they. So will they. Thanks for joining us, mate. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks, Rick. Great stuff.
There he is, Greg McCallum, and uh, it's always good to get him on the uh, on the program. He's he's a wealth of knowledge, and uh, he is our our go-to man with all matters judicial.